So uh, I know uh, Pastor Derek started out with something a little funny, and I heard a funny story. At least it was funny to me, so I'm going to share it with you guys. All right? This, this won't be a day of comedic action, but there, I want to lighten them, the, the atmosphere a little bit. And if you've heard this before, just laugh as if you've never heard it. An old geezer who had been a retired farmer for a long time became very bored and decided to open a medical clinic. He put up a sign outside that said, Dr. Geezer's Clinic, get your treatment for $500. If you're not cured, you get back $1,000. Dr. Young, who was a legitimate doctor, was positive this old geezer didn't know anything about medicine. So he thought this would be a great chance to make $1,000. So he went to Dr. Geezer's clinic. This is what transpired. Dr. Young walked in and said, Dr. Geezer, I have lost all the taste in my mouth. Can you please help me? Dr. Geezer turns to the nurse and says, please bring me the medicine from box 22 and place three drops in Dr. Young's mouth. Dr. Young cries out, ah, that's gasoline. Congratulations, you've got your taste back. That would be $500. Dr. Young gets annoyed and goes back after a couple of days, trying to figure out how to recover his money. He says, I have lost all my memory. I cannot remember anything. Dr. Geezer says, nurse, please bring me medicine from box 22 and place three drops in the patient's mouth. Dr. Young yells out, no, you don't. That's gasoline. Congratulations. You have your memory back. That would be $500. Dr. Young, having lost $1,000, leaves mad. Comes back after several more days. He tells Dr. Geezer, my eyesight has become weak, and I can hardly see. Dr. Geezer says, hmm, I don't have any medicine for that. So here's your $1,000. Dr. Young says, hey, this is only $500. Congratulations, you have your vision back. That will be $500. So I thought that was pretty good for a Father's Day entry, right? The young and old going at it. So let's, uh, let's just get started here with uh, focusing back on Jesus, right? And Let's just, let's just give him a hand for a moment and tell him how much we appreciate Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. And Lord, we just commit this time to you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you speak through the words that I have, that you touch our hearts, Lord, like only you can. And we look to you as being our source and our supply. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to speak a little bit on the Father's heart. Jesus came to reveal the Father to Israel. Israel knew of him by other names, but Jesus came to reveal him as Father. So let's take a moment and look at where Jesus began to reveal the Father's heart to Israel. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 4:14. If you don't, it'll be on the screen, so I'm going to read it here. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. 
And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Without power, it's not good news. I want to say that again. Without power, it's not good news. Our message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is rooted in the heart and nature of God. And it's suited for every issue, every condition that man faces. You can be an excellent engineer or a superior manager or a talented musician or a skilled mergers and acquisition specialist, or even a successful entrepreneur. But none of those things will help you when you or someone you know has been diagnosed with a life-threatening disease. Some things that we face cannot be answered by natural means, or physical technology, or man's wisdom. Some things have spiritual roots that need spiritual answers. Some things need a demonstration of power. Jesus came to destroy all the works of the enemy. He took on flesh and defeated, defeated every enemy that man has for our sakes. There is nothing, I'm going to repeat this, there is nothing that man can face that has not already been answered by the finished work of Jesus. Yeah. Nothing. After Jesus' finished work, he gave us his authority so we can operate in that authority and power in the earth. Mankind, and this is a generic statement, but it's, it's true. Mankind typically functions out of identity. In other words, we don't function out of our talents, out of our gifts, or out of our skills. In other words, who you think you are is who you see yourself as primarily, and that's how you do life. And how you operate towards others is a product of your own identity. Father God, Abba, his desire is for us to allow him to shape our identity. Jesus came to reveal the Father to Israel to change how they saw themselves and how they saw others. And that same message is for us today. The boundaries in your mind and the barriers you have permitted in your soul will determine your limits. I'm going to say that again. 
The boundaries in your mind and the barriers you have permitted in your soul will determine your limits. Jesus healed everyone that came to him. And he said when he was doing that, that he was doing the works of the Father. He healed the ones who were doubting, the ones who were facing condemnation, the ones who were shamed by society, the ones that even had their own conscience heralding their guilt, he healed them. Like the woman caught in adultery and was shamed by the group of men who wanted to stone her. As she was being forced by her accusers to what she thought was surely her death, she found herself at the feet of Jesus. Like the man who had leprosy, who wasn't sure if his unbelief would disqualify him from healing and keep him from returning home to his family and enjoying their embrace, Jesus came and everything changed for him. Like the Syrophoenician woman, desperate and sure her ethnic status would not allow her daughter to be delivered, but couldn't bear to see her suffer another day. Her life was changed when Jesus came. Or the man from Gadara, who was demonized and feared by the entire town. He was living in torment. He was naked and without hope until Jesus came. Or the man at the pool of Bethesda, being burdened with an infirmity for 38 years, who felt helpless to get to the one thing he thought could change his condition. However, everything changed when Jesus came. What did those people have in common? They simply decided that Jesus had the answer they needed. It was that simple. There was no prescribed way to accept him. They just decided to believe that he would help them. In turn, Jesus never condemned them. He just showed them how good the Father truly was and how he loved them by changing their lives forever. Jesus is perfect theology. Whatever you want to know about the Father, the answer is found in Jesus. In Colossians, it says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I like the way it's stated in the Christian Standard Bible. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. Jesus is unconditional love. He's unlimited power. He's abundant grace personified. And Jesus and the Father are one. When you are faced with tests, trials, or hardships, do you find worry, doubt, or stress creeping into your thought life, finding home in your minds? Are you comparing yourself to others? or judging your performance? Are you wondering whether what you did was right or what you did was wrong? 
The question isn't what you did or didn't do. It's what Jesus did for you and who he is for you right now. Jesus is perfection. He is love. He is truth. He was the perfect and complete sacrifice for our sins, for our mistakes, for our shortcomings. He bore the judgment of our sins over 2,000 years ago and died a horrible death. And now he's alive, a resurrected man, our advocate, who forever makes intercession for us. His sacrifice was judged by the one true judge of the universe as more than enough for our justification. Praise God. If you find yourself not experiencing the things God has promised to you, turn and look to Jesus. In him is no condemnation. There's only freedom. All you have to do is turn your focus towards Jesus and just simply receive the love he has for you and accept the freedom that's only found in him. His love has no limits. His love has no bounds. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I said taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> Because he is amazingly good. Let his presence wash over you right now. Right now, while we're here in this moment. Just let his presence wash over you. And just receive the gift of no condemnation. If you've received it for the first time or whether you're receiving it again, just breathe it in. I want you to take a few minutes and just listen to what the Father says about you and simply choose to receive whatever you need from him today. You're God's masterpiece. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You're a king. You're a priest. Your Lord is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Your old man died when Jesus died. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are made in the image of God. You've been raised to new life in Christ Jesus. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You've been sealed by the Spirit of God. You are bold as a lion. You are co-heir with Christ. You are the bride of Christ. You are a friend of Christ. You are gifted. All things work together for your good. You are baptized in the one spirit. You are cherished and deeply loved by God. You're a jewel in his eye. You have the mind of Christ. Your imagination is sanctified. Your body belongs to Jesus. You are highly favored. You're a grace magnet. You're the righteousness of God. You are fully justified. You are rich because of Jesus. You've been built for good works. Your soul is prospering. 
You are prospering. You are healed. Your health is prospering. Everything you set your hands to prosper. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are blessed in the city, blessed in the field. You are hidden in the secret place of the Almighty. You have ministering spirits helping you to succeed. You've been given lands you did not buy, homes you have not built. You're a giver. You're filled with the love of God. You are blameless. You are guiltless. You are the light of the world. You are lacking in nothing. You are attractive. You have access to the wisdom of God. You speak words of life. You speak words of blessing. You are patient. You are kind. You're a saint. You are sanctified. You are worthy because he made you worthy. You are a witness of the Lord. No weapon forms against you prosper. The goodness of God surrounds you like a shield. He is in you. You are confident in the finished work of Jesus. You've been saved by grace. You've been raised together with him. You are seated together in Jesus in heavenly places. You're a shining star. You belong to Jesus. You share his authority. Jesus is your rose of Sharon, and you are his beloved. You have full access to the throne of God. You're a lively stone in the spiritual house of God. You are the temple of God. Praise God. Ain't that good news? Glory to God. Man, that's good news. Now, if you belong to Jesus, <laughs> and I hope everybody in here does. If he doesn't, right, if you don't, right after service, we're going to give you an opportunity to belong to him. But for those of you who belong to him, I want you to declare the next five affirmations over yourself. You'll see them on the screen here. I am the apple of his eye. I want you guys to repeat it after me. Everybody who belongs to Jesus, all right? We're going to scream it, all right? Okay. I am the apple of his eye. I live by the faith of Jesus. I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I have great power working in me. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Thank you, Jesus. You made all things new. Yeah. Praise God. Isn't he good? Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to, uh, as the musicians come, um, one of the things the Lord shared with me that he wants me to make available right now is that if anyone or any of you have had uh, a recent uh, report, bad report from the doctor, um, or if any of you have a terminal illness, um, he wants you guys to come forward. We're going to pray for you right now. So if you've got a bad report from a doctor or you've got a terminal illness, you come forward. You know, G Jesus is the healer, folks. Yeah. This is what he do. This is what, I know it's bad English, but this is what he does, right? I mean, this is who he is. This is who he is. I mean, he's the one who told me, he said, you just, you just follow me, Ricky. So that's what I'm doing. So if there's any of you that have a terminal illness or has had a bad report,
recently from the doctor, you want to be prayed for? Come forward. Yes, you can. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, let's just uh, enjoy the atmosphere of his presence, his healing anointing is available for you right now, wherever you're at, for whatever area you need healing in. I know there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of soul issues that need healing as well. And as Ricky's praying for these that are maybe standing in the gap for someone else or expecting and believing for their own deliverance from sickness, disease, and their bodies to be made whole. And once again, this altar's open for anybody to come forward for, for any area. I want you to experience the Father's love for you that will melt away every fear, every fear that the enemy's trying to throw at you. So today, I want you to keep in mind the radical nature of the father's love. I was thinking about the prodigal son and when he turned his face to start home, he did so as a servant. He was like, well, maybe, just maybe, my father will just take me back even as a servant. The servants have it, have it better than I do and that would be better than what I'm experiencing in this pig pen with my life as a wreck. But the father had something different in mind, didn't he? You know, there's a story and a tradition in uh, the oral history of uh, that time period that there was those there were those that were banished from the city, uh, a, a disgraced father or a disgraced son that was banished from the city. If he were to return, there was a group of elders that would meet at the city gates and they would pronounce a, a shameful ceremony over him. There was a, a black pot involved and they would crack it and break it. Uh, you can read about this. It's really fascinating. And, and they would bestow shame upon the son that had caused their family disgrace before they returned into the city gates. That's why the father hiked up his robe and disgraced himself to run out and meet his son before he got to that shameful experience. And I want you to picture that today. I want you to picture the father running to you. He's been pursuing you all your life. Before you were even a blip on the radar screen, Jesus already paid for your sins, your sickness, your disease. While you were still dead in sin, he reconciled you to the father. And here's another thing. The Father 
was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. When Jesus was lifted up on that cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had at that moment entered into your darkness in thinking that God had forsaken you and he never had. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He's never been separated from the Father and neither are you. So today, would you just bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's just pray a prayer of thanksgiving for the Father's heart for us. Father, we love you. We thank you that you poured out your love and your grace and your kindness for us. While we were still dead in sin, you brought us back into the family. You declared us as adopted sons and daughters with no shame, no guilt, and no history other than the history of Jesus Christ. And what God had done through Christ far exceeded what Adam had done that caused all of humanity to be brought into a place of delusion that they were separated from God. So Father, today we just thank you for that amazing sacrifice that you became one of us. You entered our darkness and you brought us back into your kingdom. We love you today. We thank you that you're revealing your Father heart to us and that you are healing these that are stepping forward. You are healing us of those past hurts that are keeping us from seeing your love. You are bringing us to a revelation of the truth of who you really are and opening our eyes to your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We trust you. Say that to just say, say, Father, I trust you. Father, I trust you. You have a trustworthy and faithful Father. Would you stand today? And as we close, I want you to just come and receive communion. Remind yourself of the joyful act that communion is. It's a remembrance of the body that was broken for you, the blood that was poured out for you, so you could be brought into the family. So come today, receive communion, and experience the Father's love. I believe there's a tangible presence of the Father's love that will just melt away every fear as you come today and receive.